Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 10 of our Fantasy Baseball podcast. I'm Alex Uwe, here today with Alex Rudy. How you doing, man? I'm doing swell, my friend. Uh, how about yourself? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing a little bit better than the Angels right now. The Angels not doing so hot. They have lost Garrett Richards for the season. To his credit, he almost made it to the All-Star break this year, um, which I think is almost a personal best for him in terms of staying healthy but yeah he's going to have Tommy John surgery miss the rest of the year and now the Angels starting rotation is down to really really three pitchers maybe four starting pitchers Um, and that is with Tyler Skaggs just coming back off the DL so now looking at their depth chart it's Andrew Heaney Tyler Skaggs uh, somebody named Felix Pena who is apparently making starts for the Angels now and Jaime Barria, who was demoted to the minor leagues just as like an all-star break type of move, he'll be back shortly after to be their number three pitcher in the rotation, I imagine. So Angel's not looking so good heading into the all-star break, but we'll talk about all the all-star action uh, from a fantasy perspective, too. We'll talk about a lot of players, and we'll talk about players who missed out, probably wrongfully so. Uh, talk a little home run derby, a little bit of futures game. That's always fun. And then we'll just kind of take a look at the uh, the first half of the season overall because there's been a lot of surprising things happening this year. You know, it's it's easy to forget some of the the shocking revelations we've had as we as we go through the season here, but we'll we'll reflect on all of that. So, uh, let's let's go ahead and start with the All-Stars or let's uh, you know what, even better, let's start with the All-Star snubs because they deserve as much attention as the All-Stars this year. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and get the ball rolling with an NL player that we have had been a proponent for for much of this season, and we'd been reminding you to write in his name on the ballot uh, for much of the time, because his name, for some reason, was not on the ballot to begin with, and that's Brandon Nimmo. If you didn't write in Brandon Nimmo, well, you know, it, it, it wasn't going to make a difference, I guess, because... He is missing the All-Star game this year. Granted, has not been very good as of late, but has definitely put up a first half that looks like it should be worthy of an All-Star appearance. So, Brandon Nemo, thoughts on him going into the second half of the season? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of surprised as who you led with, honestly. He has been fantastic, there is no doubt. Um, but he kind of smells to me like the kind of guy who's going to have uh, a kind of disappointing remainder of the season uh, as pitchers continue to figure it out, figure him out. And I think the fact of the matter is that his basic counting stats just do not stand out. Um, you really have to look into the OPS and deeper before you really kind of uncover what makes him so good. I think for the traditional fan that, I mean, I guess he was never really voted in, so the traditional fans are not matter that much, but I think there's so many deserving guys that, I don't, don't be only wrong, I don't think he's not a snub, but, uh, you know, I I don't know if he really is the, honestly the first guy that comes to mind for me um, in, in terms of, 
you know, most serving guys uh, yeah. to make it. No, I, I get that. I, I bring up Nemo, I bring up Brandon Nimmo first because we had talked about him a lot going into the All-Star break and how ridiculous it was that he wasn't even on the ballot. But, you know, looking at the overall body of work for the first half, he really has not done himself any favors the last two or three weeks. It might even stretch back a little further. But his batting average down to 258 now after a really good start to the year. He's at 13 homers, doesn't really drive in a lot of runs, and um, probably a bit more valuable in fantasy than in real life. But, you know, the, the Mets have not been a team to uh, to marvel at with Brandon Nimmo being one of their best hitters. Um you know, it's not as it's not the most egregious All Star snub. It's it's really not. He is one of the more interesting players in terms of fantasy, which is you know part of the reason why I wanted to to spend to make sure we spent time on him because players like Blake Snell and Andrew Benintendi and Eddie Rosario are a little more concretely good players. There's not a lot of controversy surrounding their value going forward, and. You know, it is it is ridiculous that these players that I listed are not part of the All-Star game, among others. So let's continue on uh, past Nimmo, um, and we'll switch gears to the American League here and go to Andrew Benintendi, who really is pushing top five outfielder territory in all of baseball. And I know that's a very bold thing to say, considering the names atop that list are the likes of Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, Aaron Judge, Benintendi might be right there. He's getting really close. And it's something that, you know, a lot of people thought we'd we'd see eventually from Benintendi, but people seem to be slow in picking their head up and realizing he's he's blossomed into a superstar right now, especially in fantasy. 17 stolen bases, 14 homers, and a 301 batting average. To boot with that and of course the red sox being on the red sox gonna have a ton of runs in rbi and he's been killing it he hasn't stopped hasn't slowed down all-star or not so andrew benintendi do you think he pushes his way into top five outfielder territory like top 20 overall territory um i think top 20 position players yeah there's no reason he isn't in that conversation um top five outfielders wise I think, um, you know, that I think, you know, Betts, um, Trout, obviously, are, I think, the clear one and two at the moment. In what I order? Think, <laughs> uh, I, I, I think, you know, you have to give Trout the benefit of the doubt, but, you know, Mookie's case is, uh, you know, he's definitely having the better season so far, I think, no? You I, are you correct. I'll, I'll point uh, to ESPN's player rater very quickly, too. Among outfielders in standard ESPN leagues, it goes Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, two Red Sox atop that list, and then Mike Trout, and then a third Red Sox. Benintendi is fourth. Right. So, you know, that's one way of measurement. I think, um, I was trying to judge the benefit of that, but honestly, at this point, Benintendi is just undeniably having the better season, regardless of, you know, having fair strikeout, you know, zones or not. Um, well, judges five. I, I'll mention too. I, I I really think the three said three three Red Sox guys. Yeah, you have to just put them in that top five. As much as it pains me to say it, I think 
you know, the reason he get, got screwed is definitely because of the um, each team gets one player rule. I think that's undeniably the main contributing factor um, to how he misses the All-Star game. I do think it's a rule that is kind of silly when you think about it, but in in the grand scheme of things, makes sense when this is all ultimately entertainment. So why, I mean, why the 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 one thing I the one caveat I do have is that the, they, should get, they should get rid of the reserves being determined by position. It's now that the now that the All Star Game doesn't have a consequence anymore. That's correct, right? They got rid of the yeah. No, it's gone. Well, so why does Mitch Moreland need to make the All Star team then to play first base? They don't need a reserve first baseman. They can have. You know, I, I don't know. Jed Lowry play first base if they really need someone to play, or Nelson Cruz, or the, the, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't make any sense why Mitch Moreland needs to make the All Star team as a reserve just to be a reserve first baseman, um, and Andrew Benintendi gets snubbed because of it. Um, I think that's the biggest problem because like you know, Benintendi clearly is having a better season than Brantley or Chu or Haniger, um, as great as all those guys are doing, but those teams all need All Stars. And rightfully so, every I do I do believe that every fan should have the right to be invested in this game, um, and so that's just unfortunately how it played out for him. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he'll find a way somehow on the team, though that kind of seems very unlikely as we get closer and closer to the actual game. Yeah, but I mean, do you think a Tigers fan is going to be less invested in the game if Joe Jimenez is not sitting in the bullpen, maybe getting an inning in the? In the seventh. Well, I think Nick Castellanos should be the representative for him. Honestly, that's a, I mean, it's a close argument to make as well. He's hitting three hundred like with can, fifteen homers. It's really bizarrely arbitrary when you really think about how they determine the spaces. Like why they need to assemble a pseudo real team makes no sense when you really think about it. Like that's a that way of assembling it is like completely illogical, and it makes no sense. The NBA team. It's, the NBA has been slowly and slowly getting rid of that because they realized that's so pointless. They got rid of you know having center, um, they you know it's, it's guard forward, guards and forwards. Their bench is pretty open by positions. A few minor restrictions. I think going forward, the MLB should really consider that. Even though you know this being a league that never changes except to make stupid rules about minor leagues speeding up the game and juicing the ball, but they really should consider going forward changing the way these rosters are assembled because I know this is the discussion we're having. I don't want to rant too much and waste too much time about it, but you know, we really do have this conversation every year about snubs and it's honestly like, it's really stupid. These guys that are missing it are missing it for very stupid reasons. There's never so many snubs that the roster composition could be minorly changed to make sure that they pretty much always make the team. No problem. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Let's continue with, with a couple more snubs. So there is one top 10 fantasy pitcher based on performance this year. I'm not saying he's ranked quite that high by most people, but according to performance this year, there is one top 10 pitcher who did not make the all-star team. And that would be Blake Snell of the Rays, who could definitely use a representative or two in addition. What I think Wilson Ramos is the only representative for the Rays this year. And Blake Snell has been unbelievable. This is the breakout that, you know, I've been following Blake Snell for a very long time. And, you know, it's here. It's happening. And I don't project too much to change, really, going forward into the second half. He's at 132 strikeouts on the year already, 
with a 2.09 ERA and a 1.03 WHIP. The WHIP is the biggest thing for me with Blake Snell. He has just not been walking too many batters, you know, and that was the biggest problem with him before. It's it's really pretty impressive what he's been able to do, um, and just rein in the this you know control problem that was really holding him back the last season and a half or so since really since joining the big league club um you know going back a couple years this was a guy who blazed through the minor leagues and i had no doubt was eventually going to be a very effective big league pitcher and he's kind of lapped the field with some of the other guys coming up in in the class with him like jose barrios having a really good year blake snell's been been considerably better than him um, you know, other guys like Glasnow and Giolito that really just haven't panned out at all. And then I would say the only other pitcher, or I guess I guess Luis Severino kind of fits that mold too, but I was going to say Aaron Nola is a guy who is kind of coming up parallel to Snell, who has really done just as well. Aaron Nola has been the sixth best pitcher in fantasy this year. So both of these young pitchers are really standing out to me. Um, with Blake Snell, though, I, I wanted to ask you, real quick here do you sense that there's going to be some regression coming in the second half for snell whether it be with the walks or just you know getting hit a little bit harder or what have you i mean i think naturally just yes because i just don't think he is this good just to get to be had this level of sustainable success but i mean i don't think there's any reason he can't be a top 10 pitcher this year i don't think it really is honestly that high of an aspiration anymore um, to achieve, particularly, um, at least comparatively to what it used to be, um, especially when you kind of adjust for like how oversaturated the strikeout market is these days, which I don't think enough people really do. Mm-hmm. And I do think he's legit. You know, I did remember. I do remember drafting him early this year in fantasy and taking that big leap and saying, uh, "I even said to you, oh, I thought this league had more keepers." When I <laughs> well, yeah. It, it so was thought, a brilliant move this, for a dynasty league. I thought this leap was coming a little bit later, but I mean, I've been following him for a while. I mean, this guy is not like a nobody in terms of hardcore baseball fantasy fans, especially. Um, and he's a raised pit starting pitcher who is highly touted, and those guys tend to work out. So, no, I believe him. The stuff was always there. He always seemed to have a good head on his shoulders. He just kind of needed uh, not even the maturity, but kind of like the co- mental cohesion. To stay in the game, yeah. And Webb has kind of figured it out, and it really seems like his team has rallied behind him a lot. And I saw their support, like uh, Chris Archer and uh, another player, I forgot who it was, um, kind of posting on social media and stuff to get him in the All Star game, or and complaining why he wasn't in that. I think uh, you know that kind of support is what a guy like him needs, and it's really been a difference maker. Um, I think he could still make it because of guys dropping out, no? I would hope so, yeah. He would have to be next on the list. Starts. He would have There's to be next on the list. There's probably a chance he ends up on the team. Like, not like 100%, but I think it's... I wouldn't be shocked if he if he makes his way on. Yeah. If Jay Happ's an all-star, Blake Snell has to be an all-star this year. Jay Happ's an all-star? How yep. did I miss that? He is the Blue Jays representative. Oh, God. It's, that is... Yeah. That's it's a little. It's a little bit disgusting. Uh, really quickly before we move on i want to play a little uh who would you rather have game with blake snell i'll I'll start with uh, blake snell or trevor bauer rest of season 
Uh, wow, that's an, that's so interesting. You know, it's funny that you bring that up because that was the guy I was just kind of looking at as like my, uh, you know, next guy in my top ten of pitchers. I read your mind uh, then. I was kind of directly comparing him to uh, for this season. You know, I think Trevor Bauer, the fact that he finally put all all this together, one another guy, but you know, he's been it's been like six years. Him and Garrett Cole, I remember you know, back when they were in UCLA, like in the early two thousand tens, they were supposed to be the next big thing. So it took them till the almost the end of the decade to finally reach that potential after being drafted one and three. Which is pretty insane. Just goes to show you the beauty of baseball in a sense that it truly is a patient man's sport. Um, before I answer that question, question, I just had to also know that Trevor Bauer has a bet apparently that he can never sign multi-year contracts or a friend can shoot him with a paintball gun in the scrotum uh, from close from 10 feet away. So he's truly I, I just an eclectic that. human being like that, no one else. That's is, amazing. And those stories are just so believable because he has one like that like every month seemingly. He's truly his own human being. I So I'm guessing I'm taking these guys in a vacuum, right? Not on their teams. Because I just think inherently Trevor Bauer, because there's more run support, might be a little bit more valuable. But if we're kind of going to look at it in just terms of a pure vacuum, I think his his big. I'm going to take Bauer anyways because he's used to the innings load. And that should give him the stamina to finish the season, whereas Snell has had some minor injury concerns and consistency issues. And it's just kind of, I just think it's only the logical choice to think that Bauer, um, you know, has more stamina basically to keep this going. But, uh, you know, Snell is doing what Bauer should have been doing five years ago already. So uh, that's pretty, pretty incredibly impressive for sure. Yeah, I, I would have to go with Bauer, too. That story is amazing, by the way. I had read about it, and I, I can't believe I forgot it. That should have been something I brought up right away. It says a lot about what goes in your mind. In fact, it's one thing that you easily forget, my friend. It, it, it really is. I should I need to get my priorities straight. But I, what, I also have to add, sorry. Just I was just going to give points. one fun note on Trevor Bauer and just how yes. good he's been going into the All-Star break. Last nine starts for him. Six of them, he's had at least 11 strikeouts, and in all nine of his last starts, last nine starts, eight strikeouts or more. Yeah, just to support that, um, while his FIP is 2.1, and which is less than his ERA of 2.15, um, Snell's ERA of 2.09 is uh, considerably lower than his ERA of 3.36. I mean, his FIP of 3.36, sorry. So... Uh, Snow definitely has had more luck in his favor. His BABIP is 234. That's uh, almost pretty much unsustainable. Yeah. Uh, just to give kind of some more advanced statistics, uh, 88.2 left on base percentage is uh, not really like possible. Is pretty yeah. unsustainable compared to you know Bauer is a 76.3 for example left on base percentage and. Uh, Babbitt with 300, 303, which is literally average, essentially. So, uh, if anything, Bauer actually could get have a better season with regression, whereas Snell is going to go the other way, most likely, just to finish off the conversation. That's pretty amazing, the thought that Bauer can get better. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm almost ready to move Snell ahead in the rankings above 
some of the injury prone pitchers this year, like Steven Strasburg and Noah Syndergaard, even I might, I might be able to go there. Maybe I might have ahead of Madison Bumgarner. Madison Bumgarner has not been all that dominant this year. The, the, the numbers have looked okay, but he's not been doing it with the same kind of, you know, swing strike rate, strikeout rate, all the, all the good things we like to see from Madison Bumgarner. He's just kind of been, you know, a good pitcher, but Blake Snell has been pretty great. Um, let's, okay, we're still on all-star snubs. This is important. There's a lot of very intriguing snubs, and we have not really even moved into the National League, apart from Brandon Nimmo. Let's talk about Max Muncy, who is going mm. to be a home run derby participant, and we'll get to that in a moment. He lost the final vote to Jesus Aguilar. I, fr- I don't think I mentioned Gene Segura won the final vote in the American League. Above the likes of Benintendi and Angelton Simmons and Eddie Rosario, a bunch of other deserving people. Um, and, you know, Jesus Aguilar and Max Muncy both should have been in the All-Star game to begin with. It's ridiculous that they they were um, relegated to the final vote. But Max Muncy has been unbelievable this year. Definitely the biggest surprise this season. I, I don't think you can make a case for anybody else. And we were going to do a little segment of our biggest surprises and disappointments of this year. Let's go ahead and just declare Muncie the biggest surprise of this year. You 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 know how much a lot of the advanced analytics favor Muncie. Um, it seems sustainable, which is something we never say about guys that just go off and have crazy first halves. Uh, he's basically doing what Yonder Alonso did last year on a scale that's that's like I'm not going to say ten times that, but even I, I... even greater than that. So I feel like all what really happened here is that someone took the power of Josh Donaldson, his like baseball prowess, and sucked it right out of him and just put it in another younger body of him that was just sitting in the minor leagues and put it on the like it's it feels like the same story all over again, deja vu. It really um, is. It it's almost the same offensive skill set anyway. He's not a very spry defender, I believe. But 21 homers, 276 average, you know, not eye-popping numbers when you just look at look at the uh, the counting stats. But really, you know, I, I believe he's still leading all of baseball, or not all of baseball, all of the National League in OPS. And he's doing it with a reasonable, batted, a reasonable BABIP, one of the highest hard contact percentages in the league, and just he's hitting tons of fly balls like it's just everything that's you'd want to stack up for somebody who's making a breakthrough with their swing it it, all the numbers support it so i i kind of want to ask you where you're going to kind of insert muncie into the rankings now because he keeps finding a way to shoot his way up but Mm -hmm. you know i would probably say top 50 for sure now but then going further past that there's a lot of uh, would-you-rather-have type of games that are going to be very interesting with him. Um, let's go with third base as the primary position to look at, I guess, because I don't know why. he. I think he's eligible at three positions now, third, second, and first. So Max Muncy is, I think, on the player radar, still less valuable than Mike Moustakis. That doesn't seem right to me. I think most people would take Muncy over Moustakis at this point, right? Would you say uh, so? Yeah, I mean, look on my on the fantasy one I'm using, he's uh like four places ahead of yeah. Mustafa. 
this. Oh, okay. That that is what I'm referring to, by the way. I'm talking fantasy again. I know I've kind of been switching in and out of the whole. Uh... It, it's still a good way to measure. It. I mean, we're using it is. like OPS and RBIs. Yeah, and... true talent really, you know, it it says a lot. Walks, home runs, runs, or stolen bases, mm-hmm. slugging. So it's pretty accurate. Uh, just to give you my quick answer, I think for me. Uh, so just to clarify, um, would you say, because all, all these guys have some weird positional eligibility, so I'm just going to just get, say, Baez, Ramirez, um, and uh, are both not third basemen, and I'm going to say Bregman is a third baseman, just for this argument. Um, yep. I think Arenado has to be first. I'm gonna put actually Machado as a third baseman because yeah. I don't give the I don't care what he says he's a third baseman and he, he should be when he's get when he gets traded you're saying like, he's yeah you know, it's absurd that he's I I, I don't care that's uh, you can that's my it's my it's half my podcast I get <laughs> so that's my top two for sure um you know Bregman's really impressed this year I think you have to kind of give him that benefited i he has to be a way better defender for sure at least can i wait can i i'm gonna raise my hand real can i ask you why jose ramirez is not a third baseman in your book i probably i just assumed he played more second base in real life does he not i just assumed that honestly i think he plays almost exclusively third base okay then uh then 85 games at third base this year and four at dh all right shows what i know okay (laughs) i just assumed he played second base because that's what's listed first but uh then he's definitely it's definitely him. Uh, I think yeah, I think Muncy's arguably top five. I think just to move on. Really, I, I think, okay. Uh, I don't know him, if I'm quite ready to him, put him there yet, even. But him, Eugenio Suarez, uh, Bregman, and Castellanos are all kind of in the same conversation for that end of the five. Um, personally, that would be my politely raise my politely raise oh, my hand again. Chris Bryant. Um, yeah. <laughs> Still low because of the, uh, the timeliness. His injuries. Okay, so and also uh, yeah, I'd like to uh, before before we we say oh wait what about this guy? You don't think Anthony Rendon is going is is close to that top five tier? I would still much rather have Anthony Rendon than Max Muncy. I I think, you know, I'm kind of the person that always likes to use sample size, and I think Anthony Rendon's sample size actually works against him here in the sense that he has proven enough. That he's wildly, he consistently like does not play to his top performance level, and he consistently has nagging injuries, and you know, Ooh, for pure, I... <laughs> he's not having that good of a year. I got this year's I, I, not I, I, this year's yeah. not fantastic. It's not bad either by any means. Every year though, he was really amazing last year, but like most of his career seasons tend to be not live to total hype. So I'm going to sell a little bit on him. I don't see why he's so much better than Suarez um, or Breakout Bregman kind of finally living up to the hype. Um, is he definitely – he's – okay. Is he a tier above Muncy and Castellanos? Castellanos, okay, yes. He, he, uh, you're right. But it's not a huge gap, and I think it's widely shrinking. Uh, I re- I think Ramirez, Arenado – my, and Brian, and for sake of my argument, Machado are on their own tier. I think that's my main takeaway. I think Rendon is on his tier of, you know, 
uh, he could go. I think he's on his own tier where it goes both ways. And then I think you have the next, the best of the rest, which is Suarez, Muncie, uh, Castellanos, Bregman. I think. Okay. Uh, that's why my final look at it. Um, you know, I just contradict myself probably seventy times. <laughs> no, I, it's there's some things that I strongly disagree. A lot of it I do agree with, uh, in terms of that tiering. I think Alex Bregman, this what what he's done this year is firmly put himself into that top tier along with Machado, Arenado, yeah. Jose Ramirez. He's been Fair. that good. I I want to make that clear that Alex Bregman is not Nick Castellanos. He's he's hitting two eighty five on the year, but with nineteen homers. He's scoring a ton of runs, hitting a bunch of RBI, steals bases. Just everything looks good about him. He doesn't strike out much. It's, Why is that better than Suarez, though? It's it, it, You know, maybe the body of work is not better than Suarez. I would like to point out that Alex Bregman this season has 30 doubles to go along with 19 homers. And a total, also and a total really of 50 extra base hits thus far. And he's still slugging less than Suarez, but he's also playing shortstop mostly. His career's injuries, which um, is all I don't even know if that's true. I think he's still playing a lot of third base. Who plays shortstop? Uh, Marwin Gonzalez in recent what? games. He's back to shortstop after all these years. What do you mean after all these years? He played shortstop last year too, and when not not uh, time, uh, Bregman though, but... does play some shortstop. Bregman will probably regain shortstop. He's played six games at short, so he needs to play fourteen more games to regain eligibility in an ESPN league. Uh, so hopefully it happens for him. That would be a big bump. 53 walks to 53 strikeouts, by the way, for Bregman. He, he just looks really good, you know? And this is a guy, second overall pick. Just everything's clicking for him, firing on all cylinders. And don't get me wrong, Suarez has been a treat to watch this year, too, in terms of the offensive production. But Bregman is just tearing it up in a way that, you know, I put him up there in that in that top tier of third baseman still. And Anthony Rendon is a damn good ball player. Even even this year, he's he's slugging five eleven. He's got an eight fifty OPS right now, and this is with hardly any attention being paid to him. He's he's a great player. So we're gonna move on from the All Star snubs, and you know let's on the topic of Alex Bregman. Funny enough, he is the only wait. American League participant in the Home Run Derby this year. Wait, which, before which we is get absurd. that, can I can I just throw in one more snub? I'm sorry, but I have sure, to do it. Sure, sure. I think it's bizarre that sorry I have sound from my link playing in the background. Uh, I'm sorry to be a homer, but the the fact that John Carlos Stanton isn't going to make the All Star team this year, and it's going to end up hitting like probably 50 home runs, and not get really you know good chance he doesn't get any reward for it. I mean he might not win a silver slugger considering you know what. The afters we mentioned are doing. It's gonna just be Red kind Sox. Shows, <laughs> but yeah, kind of shows what everything is wrong with the way baseball does season awards. And I think Stanton is a huge snub. I mean, I think Ben Attendee's definitely having a better year. But I mean, like, are you really gonna say to me that he isn't a star who you know in the league who's having a really good year? I mean, it just feels like it seems to me weird that one of the best guys in baseball is having a good year and is not in the all-star conversation really at all. I know he was on the ballot for that extra vote, but no one really brought him up as like a clear favorite for it. I just think I, I, I'm not trying to like make a huge case for him, but I just feel once again, it's kind of another example of what's wrong with the way the system works. In my opinion, what's more outrageous is that Stanton is not in the home run derby. 
to me. That is well, clearly the said bigger no. travesty. No doubt. He, they, you really think they didn't ask him? I mean, the Home Run Derby is an awful selection of players. Awful. Baez, Muncy, and Bregman just aren't guys to, to – they're having good power years. Okay, I I, I, abs- I do want to see Javier Baez in the Home Run but, Derby. But <laughs> they, those aren't guys – no, they, they aren't – Freddie Freeman should not be in a Home Run Derby. These aren't guys that are known for their, like – they're known for, like, their their hitting prowess. Why well, Javier Baez, you're right, has, like, a pretty unbelievable – I want to see Javier Baez in the Home Run Derby. Okay, but Hoskins, Freeman, and Breg- Bregman, and Muncie, are you really telling me that those four guys are just, like, pure power guys? They're not. Nope. They're really good hitters with great power – that produce power. But those guys aren't, like – you know, does – like, it should be uh, Joey Gallo and, like, Miguel Sano and, like, you know, one of Stanton and, and uh, uh, Sanchez and – um, judge should be mandatory always in, in the home run derby on a cycle every year. I mean, these are just not the names that you want to see. Kudos to Bryce Harper for doing it when he's having an off year at home. I give him a lot of credit. Jesus Aguilar should definitely be in it. He's a beast. Um, Kyle Schwarber should definitely be in it. I mean, there should be two Cubs, though. Like, that's stupid. There's three Cubs. Aren't there? I see two. Wait, I thought there were three. No, never mind. It's, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Um... I, th- I, I don't know why I thought there was three. You know, it's a, just going to be a bad year again for a competition that I think is really losing its steam, um, in all honesty. I just don't – this just isn't like a bracket that interests me. Yeah. I think this whole myth that ruins your swing is really getting guys to really not be interested in partaking. It's kind of like how in the NBA, not that to always compare things to the NBA, but – But we do. You know, none of the best dunkers actually ever compete in the dunk contest because – if that was really how it would work, LeBron James would be in every year and win every year, but he doesn't want to get hurt or embarrass, risk embarrassing himself, so he yeah. doesn't do it. That is a great point that I wanted to bring up, and this this myth is more is a bigger influence on us, like the fantasy the the fans, the fantasy baseball players who legitimately think that that is the reason for second half slumps. It's not. It just isn't. The reason players don't want to do it is because this is the only four days that they get off consecutively for five months. So I don't blame them for not wanting to exert all that that extra effort in their time off. I don't, I don't think they're worried about taking a little extra batting practice and ruining their swings because they're hitting balls 450 feet. That's just irrational, you know? So great point. <laughs> They just they want to rest. It's fine, but I think there should be more hype and more importance placed on the home run derby from a player perspective too. So we have talked a lot of All Star Game, home run derby, all the festivities. The Futures Game also is happening, and um, the the lineups are not as interesting as previous years. There's no Vladdy Jr. Kyle Tucker was recently called up. He's not going to be there. in a lot of cases like that where you know players were either called up or injured, um, give, go ahead and give me one player who could be a standout guy in this game for you. Standout, like looking back on it, like he'll be like a player that you were like, like oh, like that's where like his big break, or that's where he became you know the guy we know him today. Or stand out like in this game, he'll perform standout and like you know you'll see his highlight play that he makes in this game which which direction is this quite or both oh just who who is going to be 
relevant in terms in fantasy and in you know just in general. Uh, Very. I soon. think uh, I have a couple guys if you don't mind. Go I ahead. don't have any scouting reports on them, but I think Bo Bichet. Uh, Bichet, we you told me I pronounced that. Right. I think it's Bichet. 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 Sorry. I'm not sure. Uh, son of a former major leaguer, brother of a former terrible New York Yankee prospect. Uh, Dante, the Dantes. Um, Dante yeah, no, I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, he's Vladdy Guerrero's partner in crime. And, uh, yeah, he's a monster. Uh, I definitely see him being very fantasy relevant um, sometime very soon. I would say Brendan Rodgers um, on the shortstop for... Colorado, but he's pretty fucking. He's pretty sorry, excuse my French. Pretty <laughs> freaking blocked position wise on that team um, by Trevor Story, who's having a resurgent season. Um, so we'll kind of see, you know Arenado playing third. I could maybe maybe we'll, we'll place. Uh, 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 sorry, what's his name? The, sec- the second baseman who only hits singles. Uh, DJ Lemayhew. Yeah, DJ Lemayhew. I like I like the uh, the description of him though. Is it inaccurate? No, it's not. Thank you. Um, so, you know, we'll see. You know, Francisco Mejia is a guy who I think, you know, has been tired for a very long time, has no position to play, is another one of those kind of catchers who can hit really well but can't really do anything else and no one really knows how to do, do you know, do anything with them. They're kind of like the reverse Otanis. Um, they're reverse Otanis. They can't they're, hit they're, and they can't they're, pitch. They're, <laughs> you know, yeah, they're like these Schwarber-type guys. Who like uh, you know you don't really know what to do with them, um, but they have the talent there. Fernando Tatis um, is gonna be a monster. There's no doubt. Son of um, major league, former major leaguer as well. Um, that guy, I would definitely. That's probably my. Uh, that might be my favorite uh, go-to guy in this game to end up being a breakout sometime soon, especially because. Um, I think he's going to play the infield, the middle infield. Um, he's huge, 6'3", um, 1999 born, super young. I, I, I think uh, he's going to be the guy who probably brings the Padres back to relevancy. Yeah, I, I would say so. And, uh, you know, White Sox fans, of course, remember him fondly. And now every time they look at James Shields can can think about the prospect that they, they gave up for him. What? They traded him for James Shields. Yep, it's famous. It's infamous. What the fuck? That's awful. <laughs> it's it's pretty I bad. Think I do remember that now that you mentioned that. Wow, they would have their farm system would be just illegal if they had him too. In addition to everyone they have, wow, that's that's interesting. <laughs> it would be By illegal. The way, that's a good, really good mention. I'm glad you brought up the White Sox because cautionary tale for any person I just mentioned. Um, about them ever being relevant in the major leagues ever. Um, Jan Makata, we saw him play in this game, I think, two years ago. Yep. And uh, he was an unbelievably touted prospect who has done about nothing so far in his young major league career. Um, other guys who have recently kind of been in this game, I believe, who haven't done anything are Lucas Giolito, another Chicago White Sox, and Byron Buxton, so who I'm widely famous for cursing um, about four years ago into not being a successful major leaguer. Um, yeah, you're proud of that like, one, aren't you? Or as I like to call him, BJ Upton 2.0. But, uh, At least BJ Upton I, had like an all-star season in there. Come on. Fair. Um, 
but yeah, just to um, end that, um, you know, I, I will say this. That was a really fun game to watch live. And, you know, I, I don't know if I, I think, I don't know if it's good TV viewership, honestly, but I really, you know, I've been to the Home Run Derby and the Futures game live. I can say the Futures game was way more entertaining for me personally than watching the Home Run Derby live. I think Home Run Derby is much better on TV. Horrible live competition. The commercial breaks ruin it. And, like, the home runs just don't work unless you're in the out. Like, it just doesn't work live. Like, it, it's a weird thing to watch live. Just watching batting practice live for three, three and a half hours. I left early, honestly. <laughs> uh, the, so, yeah. Yeah, watch the Futures game, people. It's a lot of fun, even even just on TV. Um, so we are going to wrap up here in a minute. We didn't get to too many of the additional, you know, surprise and disappointments from the first half. But we did talk about a lot in talking about the All-Star snubs in the All-Star game and Home Run Derby, you know, guys like Muncie and Aguilar that really, you know, led the way in terms of the surprises. Jose Ramirez might be the best player in fantasy baseball now. Mike Trout might have to give up that title. We say this every year. Last year was Altuve, who was looking to dethrone Trout for good. Um, It's going to be... I can never not have Mike Trout in my number one spot ever again unless he's severely injured. But Jose Ramirez might be two there. Him and Mookie Betts are making a strong case with each other. Jose Ramirez is going to have like 90 extra base hits this year. I hope you realize. He's ridiculous, along with his teammate Lindor. Uh, Pleasantly surprised by them. Any other players who were just, you know, shockingly good or bad this year that you wanted to point out before we wrap things up? Um, yeah, I'd like to point out Starling Marte coming back from a steroid suspension very successfully, which I think, uh, you know, I was definitely uh, not a believer in him, so I give him a lot of credit for doing so. Uh, Skewer Jeanette, um, having an awesome year, even better on top of last year's, um, breakout season. Give him a lot of credit for that. Um, you know, Nick Marquez, I got to give him a shot for finally making an all-star team, I think, uh, you know. And Sin Shu Chu. Sin Shu Chu has made his first all-star team as well. Jed Lowry, too, no? I I don't think most people consider Sin Shu Chu and Nick Markakis in the same um, career category as Jed Lowry. But sure, Jed Lowry is an all-star. There you go. They play very similar career career wars, if you look it up. I would be... I think they're closer than you think. All right. Uh, People sleeping on Jed Lowry. uh, Regardless, you're probably right, but... Regardless, I give them all credit um, for finally making an all-star team. They've kind of been veterans on the peripheral for, you know, a very long time at this point. And I think that, uh, you know, deserves some recognition. I'm trying to think of someone off the top of my head um, who has had a really disappointing year. Please go ahead. Well, I'm going uh, to uh, spread the love for some disappointing (laughs) players here. Actually, one in particular that really just takes the cake. Fantasy baseball players everywhere love him. And that's Mr. Luis Castillo. Can we get a round of applause for Luis Castillo, who was widely drafted in the well within the top 10 rounds in many cases, looked like he was poised to break out even after doing so last year. Let's give it up for a 558 ERA, a 140 whip, less than 100 strikeouts this season so far. And just a whole lot of nothing, really. But you know what? For some reason, we still can't drop you because you have so much upside. And I want to thank you for being such a conundrum and such a pain in everybody's ass. Thanks, Luis Castillo, 
for wow. raid season so that far. It it really it really was. And it, it it's really well earned. I I did say he, we have to keep him. I said he's been awful and we just cannot drop him. That You're treating him like he's like, you know, like he's Max Scherzer and he's disappointing you. Like, geez, like he hasn't done that. I mean, it's not like he's like... 558 you know, ERA just... is pretty disappointing. I think people just overrated him immensely going into the season. And that's what I'm hearing in what you're in what you're saying, telling me. Because what he did to deserve that kind of dedication, I, I don't I don't really quite understand. Um, but... What I'm he did in 2017, so what he did in 2017, was considerably better. It was post a 3.1 ERA with a 107 WHIP and a hundred in a hundred strikeouts in less more strikeouts in fewer innings in like 10 fewer innings last year, and the upside still exists. It did not just vanish from his body. But there is clearly a lot more regression that came. Two and a half points of ERA of regression and a whopping amount of whip to go along with that. Um, I don't know. I think there's like so many. You think there's you worse? Know. Do you think there's worse disappointments is what you're saying? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Chris Davis. Well, uh, yeah. You know. Well, nobody, nobody was drafting Chris Davis very well with much I anticipation. Know. I will say. And I, 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 I give, I give injury guys fantasy, a pass too, by the way. But. I mean, a lot of, you know, like, I brought Giolito, you know, uh, a lot of people kind of thought Samarja would have a bounce back year. I saw, you know, he, you know, uh, Shelby Miller has come back awful. Shelby was, Miller, nobody um, had any high hopes for Shelby Miller. Carson Fulmer. I don't know who you've been talking to. These well, are not, not, these are not disappointments. These are players who were not good and did not exceed any expectations in any way. There were no well, expectations on this player. One good season. Marcus Stroman, how about that? that he was injured. I, mean, I don't count. I don't count situations quite like pretty that. Pretty disappointing year. He was injured. I, I'm not gonna say Josh Donaldson had a, has had a disappoint. It's disappointing in that he's just not played. I mean, he was but bad when he played too, though. Because he was many. injured. He was playing injured. Come on, <laughs> like. This is that's just one of the cases. Um, okay, you know we're we're, we're too negative. We got to end the show on a little bit of a happier note. Uh, let's just let's shout out some more awesome names this year: Javier Baez, Ozzy Albies, Gene Segura, um, Trevor Story bouncing back this year. Scooter Jeanette, Mister Four Home Run Game. Scooter Jeanette still going strong. Um, you know, there's just just so many just so many players like that that you know really Matt Kemp. Who who thought Matt Kemp would be back? To do good for Matt good. Kemp. My, Miles Michaelis, I think, is Miles Michaelis, the Lizard story, King. Sorry, he's there. It's a great it, story. And with that, we, we could do this all day long. But I think that is a good happy note to end the show on for today. Thank you everybody for sticking around to this point. Uh, we'd very much like to hear what you thought, and we'd really love to answer questions that you have for us. Any fantasy baseball questions, we'll answer them on the podcast. So. Make sure you ask them on Twitter at BeatTheShiftBP. And yeah, we just want to hear from you and answer your questions. Also, make sure you check out the fantasy page at BeatTheShiftBaseball.com. All of our fantasy podcasts and any other articles and rankings that we produce along the way can all be found there. So that is it for today. Thanks once again, everybody. As always, Rude. Peace. Yes,